I'm trying to figure out if the gun fanatics in this country, the American gun fanatics, you hear them talk about 2A, which stands for the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment advocates, you wouldn't take this gun out of my cold, dead hand. I need it to rise against tyranny. You know those people. You know the people that uh, line their family up, including the little toddlers that can, you know, just took their first steps, but they're holding a military-grade weapon. The people that uh, take the photo with all the guns in front of the Christmas tree. I'll call it a holiday tree. And watch, they probably threaten me with a gun. Those people. You might have them in your life. You might be one of them. Or you might just always have to uh, deal with them in the community. But I'm trying to figure out if they're only Second Amendment gun supporters, fanatics, because of racism. And I'll explain why I think that on this episode of Rob's Morning Psychosis. Welcome. If you have the financial means to support the podcast, that would be freaking huge, kid. There should be a little support the podcast link. Uh, wherever you're listening, you could click that and donate. And if you can't, the other greatest way to support the podcast is share it with a friend. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave a five-star rating and a review. And, you know, that's... I can't say it's just as good as money because everything costs money to be healthy, to eat, to survive in America. They're, they're eradicating all safety nets. But, you know what? In my mind, just supporting the podcast by subscribing is a great way too. Or subscribing to my YouTube channel. Now that's even better. Go and do that. Find me at Boston Rob R O B B on YouTube. So the reason I think that the gun supporters, the advocates, are racist. um, Well, let me explain that I think there are two kinds of people in America. Okay. I think there are people that call for revolution, and I think there are people that call for civil war. Now, not always literally. I don't mean like they're out in the streets calling for revolution, although sometimes literally they're calling for civil war. But I think the mentality, there are two kinds of people in America. Their mentality is revolutionary or civil war airy. <laughs> And besides, uh, you know, the 2A, the gun advocates, fanatics that call for civil war, besides from that being a blatant dog whistle for racism, and I don't want to hear this, oh, it was a war over states' rights. No, it wasn't. And if you believe that, let me just inform you. The only part of the states' rights the civil war was about was the right for states to own slaves. Okay? So, settled. But outside of the Civil War yellings, (laughs) being like, oh, they're just racist. Or maybe they're just really dumb and and these Maroons don't know much about history or how the last Civil War went or what it was all about. Um, But if you say stuff like the South will rise again or calling for a red state, blue state divorce, it's racism. But I want to go deeper than that. Because I think there's much more to dig up and go, well, is it all racism or what is it? Or can you explain it? I'm trying to figure this out. And let me tell you a little story before we get into uh, me laying out my case for 
the gun advocates just being racist, just being flat-out racists. The story goes back to uh, right before the summer love, 1967, California, America. You got everybody's favorite trickle-down trickle down governor, Ronald Reagan, in office as the governor of California. You got the Black Panther Party just starting to come together. And what the Black Panthers would do was they formed to protect their own community, to protect the communities. In fact, don't get it mistaken. I know the FBI has classified them as like a hate group and there's some idiots that will still do that. But the Black Panthers were to support the people. They're, they're saying power to the people. They supported the working class, which is 99% or 90% of America. And they wanted their communities to be safe. So these Black Panthers were the OGs of policing the police. If there was a police stop, they would go out with their guns and just make sure the police didn't step out of line. It's funny me saying that, right? And saying this was 1967 because in 2023, the same stuff is going on. The only thing that's changed is the technology. The police brutality is still just as bad. Maybe worse. I would say possibly worse. There's no way it's gotten worse. Oh, I hate to even try to debate that. I'm sure there's stats that could back it up, though. Maybe it's worse because we're more aware of it. We're, we're hyper-connected now with social media, video cameras in our pockets. and But way back in the 60s, for all you young heads that are listening... The Black Panthers for them to go out and just kind of not only feed their communities and they set up uh, health clinics that were for free. They did really radical things. I highly suggest digging into them if you're unaware of the Black Panther Party, the Vanguard Party, and what that movement was about. Because maybe what you've heard isn't true, or maybe what you heard wasn't the full story. So the Black Panthers carried weapons to protect themselves. And if you were black in the 60s and 50s and before that in America, you needed to. One great book, hold on, book on my desk. It's called Negroes with Guns. It is the story of North Carolina and the man Robert F. Williams, a veteran, an American, and a black man who had to join together with his community and use weapons to defend themselves Against the open KKK colluding with the police. Yes. The 60s were a wild time. By the way, this whole podcast, I'm sure, is banned in Florida. Ron DeSantis does not want this podcast. I mean, he's removed all the books from the classrooms that would teach any of this. The Negroes with Guns book that I just told you to purchase and read. Because it's a harrowing story. It should be a movie. I don't know why it isn't. Maybe it will be. But that would not be allowed. In schools, which is crazy to think, but it's important that we know this. So, the black, and and again, I'm kind of condensing all of this down. If you want the fine details, just look up 1967, summer, California, state capital, Black Panthers. There's a bunch of articles about it. And if you haven't heard it, let me finish. So, there was a Mulford Act that was, uh, brought to government, they wanted to pass. And this act would have made it illegal to open carry in California. 
Before 1967, you could just have a gun, bring it out in public, and as long as you didn't point it at anyone, you were fine. The Black Panthers did that. But then one day when Ronald Reagan, I don't know, he was out on the Capitol lawn doing something. Again, you can look this up on your own. The Black Panthers showed up and they took to the Capitol, I'm sure, in protest of something. There are some famous images of them too, standing with shotguns and their weapons on the state Capitol, which was completely legal. And within a short time after that, Ronald Reagan, your favorite trickle-down governor, signed into law the Mulford Act, and he was supported by none other than the NRA. The National Rifle Association was co-signing a gun control bill. When's the last time? I don't know if that was the first time and the last time, but 1967, look it up. The NRA supported a gun control bill. Now, why? Well, because it was racist. They were aiming to get guns out of the hands of the Black Panthers. That's all that was. And that's what it did. They had emergency session. Reagan signed the law. The Mulford Act into law. The NRA supported it. <laughs> Which all sounds wild, right? This sounds like a fever dream. Reagan and the NRA getting together to sign gun control acts? What? Well, and it all happened just to disarm the Black Panthers. Racism. That's it. So now that you know little stories like that, I go to these Second Amendment supporters. The people like the NRA, right? The fanatics who take the photos with the military. It looks like they're, you know, what are you, in a war zone? You take that Christmas picture? You take that (laughs) Christmas card photo in the theater of war? Why does a two-year-old have a gun bigger than him? But these people do it. And usually, what, is, what do they always say, right? The Second Amendment supporters, they always overlook the well-regulated part of the militia. They like to go right to the right to bear arms. I don't know why anybody want grizzly bear arms, but I guess they do. Don't matter how dangerous or how threatening. They have a right to grizzly arms. But they skip over the well-regulated part. They want none of that nonsense. The common sense regulation. They just want the militia part. And with that militia part, what is it always, or at least everything I've heard, is it's to be able to uh, stand against tyranny, right? An oppressive regime, the oppressive government, just like our forefathers needed to stand against the tyrannical crown. And if that's the case, I'd like to take them at their word, at their word but I do this little thing called thinking. Where I can't stop thinking about how a lot of these 2A, the Second Amendment supporters, the gun fanatics, are also supporters of a huge military budget and funding the police, not defunding. They're almost never on the side of the defunding the police. They're always more funding of the police. So I have to wonder, do these Second Amendment people know who in their Civil War scenario, because they are usually the ones of the civil war mindset, like I said earlier. They're not usually the revolutionary mindset. They're more civil war. And they're politicians that they like to elect and echo are the very blatant civil war callers. They're the January 6th people. This little crowd. 
I always want to ask them, like, who in your scenario of civil war would be the oppressive regime, the oppressive, tyrannical government? Would it be the government? Because if so, wouldn't you want to defund the military? Wouldn't you want to defund your hypothetical, potentially in the future enemy? It just seems like common sense. You would want to be, you know, well-armed and defend your right to have arms. Bear arms, grizzly bear arms. I like saying that. And you would want to make sure that, you know, they had limited powers. That they were not armed to the teeth and had a $700 billion budget every year. And that the police were not continually given more funding every year. Right? That only makes sense, right? Unless it's racism. Unless these people are well aware that police brutality is most likely going to happen to black folks and communities of color way before it happens to them. And that's why they're for the funding, the armored vehicles, the militarization of the police, because they just want certain communities oppressed. Because then it makes sense. If they're just racist, then of course they want the military to be the biggest, baddest in ever. Because the military is what? Usually used against other countries that have communities of color where they oppress. The military is sent in to oppress and destroy. So if it's racism, this totally makes sense. And if it's not, I'd love to know what it is. Because I can't imagine being a gun advocate to support yourself against tyranny, but then also supporting a thin blue line and the hyper over funding of, a, I don't even know what to call it. There's like no word to explain how much funding our military gets. It gets more than everything else, every other military in the world and why they wouldn't want to reallocate that money. Not only for the military, but the police. I mean, watch. Next time there's a story about the police needing to show up at a house or close down a street, look at the photos. Usually in the photos, they'll show the street that the police closed down. And there's usually like 15 cop cars, two like armored trucks or vans. The police are totally have military grade everything. I mean, for crying out loud, the police are getting robot dogs. Which I don't understand. Does anybody have a problem with police dogs? I mean, the history of police dogs, yes. But police dogs in general, they're cool, man. As long as they're not the drug-sniffing kind. But they were just improperly trained. We need to reallocate those dogs and turn them into, like, service dogs for people in that have disabilities. You know, those dogs could still be... Uh, you could teach those old dogs new tricks. And we can get them to serve the community instead of instill fear in the community. But if you're going to buy them robot dogs, I mean, why not just buy them robot cops, right? I'm not for this. Let me make it very clear. I'm totally against robot cops. But I think the whole reason we're developing technology and AI and machine learning and robotics is to what? Make it easier for certain jobs, right? Isn't the advancement of technology supposed to help us? Isn't that why we're doing it? We didn't create the internet just to create Facebook, right? It was supposed to be an advancement for our culture, society, for the workers. 
Now, I know I've heard a ton of times, oh, nobody's going to try to become a cop anymore. No one's applying for the job. And you hear police say they're overworked and they're put in dangerous situations and they've got a fear for their life. I hear you. And I wouldn't want that for anyone. In fact, when I see a lot of these stories about cops killing people, that's the first thing I think. I think these people must be terrified because instead of de-escalating a situation, instead of going in to try and to protect and serve and help the community, your whole reaction is to protect your own life. You're so scared in that in every situation that you're just shooting people. I say, you must be terrified. And when I do say some of the stuff online, people go, well, he doesn't look terrified. What is the look of terror to you? Uh, What do you envision? I don't see someone with their face, you know, screaming. And I mean, yes, that's a cliche of horror movies and stuff. But sometimes terror is in the way people react to something. Sometimes terror comes out like anger, screaming. It looks mad. It looks... Terror isn't always the cliched, scared look, okay? If you carry a gun everywhere with you, to me it says you're scared of something. People who aren't carrying guns with them everywhere, don't fear that they need to have a gun. Oh, am I getting off topic? I didn't want this to be that long. Where am I going? Let's bring it back. (laughs) let's try to rein it back in so there's two types of people revolutionary people civil war people right and these two a people the gun fanatics unless it's racism that's driving them i just don't know what else it could be and i think i need to have somebody on the podcast about this because i need to hear another side of it I need them to go, oh, no, it's just this. But I really can't get over the fact that it's like, if you think tyranny is going to come to get you, that you need a gun. And the government would be the one being tyrannical. Wouldn't you not want (laughs) the government to be as well armed as it is? Wouldn't you be calling for a defunding of the police? Defund the military? Send that money to better resources in the community that could make your community healthier, stronger, smarter, more stable. I don't know. And again, maybe this is just another existential uh, crisis that I'm having. And you're like, Rob, you're overreacting. But I can't help. I mean, you, you see it all the time. Pops up in the news, civil war, a divorce between red and blue states, which is a, an idiot's way. That's dumbing down saying we want a civil war. But you keep hearing this all the time, and I keep thinking, do these people not understand that it's not right versus left? It doesn't matter the color of your politics. It's corporations and the ruling class versus the people. And it's sad to me that maybe racism is fueling their hatred towards their own class of people. Because I think these fanatic, these 2A people, they're not only racist, if that's what it is. I don't know if I made my case. I think calling for civil war and calling for the funding of the tyrannical oppressor uh, makes it pretty hard to figure out what else it could be. (laughs) It's like, fucking, 
How could you call for the police to have better fund? I mean, they are as well-funded as they could get. They look like a small military op- operation when they operate within towns. And you're okay with that? That they might turn their tyranny on you? Or are you okay with it because you know who they're using that tyranny against? But I just wish these people would not be self-loathing working-class people. They hate, they're classist and racist. They hate the working class. They somehow identify. Maybe they're a small business owner. And maybe that them being a small business owner, they believe, oh, I'm just like Jeff Bezos. I'm like Elon Musk. I'm a business owner. No, you're not. Unless your parents owned an emerald mine too. And how are you listening to this? If I guess if you're a millionaire, billionaire, how, how'd you find this podcast? I'd love to know. But unless you are, you know, exploiting the the labor of other people, you're not like them. They want you, you got Stockholm Syndrome, and they want you to believe that, but you're not. And it's not until we start reaching more people in the community, more of the working class to have solidarity with each other, till they understand that these corporations, you know, the American government is just like the mafia. Or, sorry, the corporations are like the mafia. The American government are like the uh, people who get loan sharked by the mafia. Because <laughs> if you look, right, the shocking thing is if you go to like opensecrets.org or, or, if, or if you look up any of the uh, these bribery, sorry, lobbying websites where they track the donations given that you can track, you'll see like Disney funded Ron DeSantis. Disney funds the left just as much as the right. Because for them, if you look at it as like, you're going to Vegas and you can play number one or number two, or let's say you can, you're going to Vegas and you could play red or blue. That's the whole game, red or blue. You go, well, if I just bet on both, I'm guaranteed to win. That's how they look at it. So you can see that they donate to Republicans and Democrats because whoever wins the seat for that short while, now they are owed. That politician owes their their funding, their loan shark. And Daddy Disney, old Don Disney, the mafia boss, says, time to pay up. You owe us some favors while you're in office, and we're going to get some tax breaks, whether you like it or not. We're going to get some tax breaks, or your legs are going to get some tax breaks. Get it? That was a bad joke. So there's like a deep irony of Disney coming out and saying, we support Black History Month. And everyone's like, really? Because you donated to Ron DeSantis, the guy who's eradicating any black history from the state of Florida. If you really supported Black History Month, you'd put your money where your mouth was and you wouldn't donate to these fucking crazy Nazis that are somehow gaining power again. I don't know how Nazism is coming back. Are these people just so unaware of history? I guess that's why the politicians really want to remove books from school. Because if they don't understand that at one point our grandfathers, at least mine, fought against Nazis. (laughs) If they don't know what side we were on, maybe people think like, oh, we were on the Nazi side. No, you maroons. Our countrymen, our grandfathers died fighting these Nazis to knock out fascism. And now you're bringing it back? What? It's shocking. But it's the corporations and the puppets on a leash that are oppressing us. And it's very subtle. They don't always need to use the police. 
they do it a lot, mostly to communities of color. But a lot of times it's just denying you health care or a livable wage or making it so hard to survive that you're so distracted with just trying to survive that you can't organize properly. So I, I don't know. I hope that, and I'm all for it. Listen, I'm all for hearing another side to trying to figure out, and that's why I'm bringing this up because I'm really trying to figure it out. If it's not racism, what is it? And maybe am I opening your eyes to the fact that if you're for funding the police and not defunding them, that's the same long arm of the government that's going to come to oppress you at some point if you truly believe that. So wouldn't you just be okay with defunding it? Reallocating the money? Maybe now you're seeing, I don't know, am I pointing anything out that's new or is this old news and you're just like, no, it's just racism. What is it? I want to have that conversation. And if you know, reach out to me. If not, I cannot figure this out for the life of me and it's bugging me. That's why this podcast is called Morning Psychosis. Thanks for listening. If you can support the podcast, I appreciate it. If you can't, just hit subscribe. And please, I'm doing a ton of work over on my YouTube channel. It would mean the world to me if you went over there and subscribed. Same handle, at Boston Rob, R-O-B-B. You can find me on there. You can look up Not Weekend Update. It's a video series I do, kind of a parody of SNL's Weekend Update. Comes out every Friday. And I would appreciate your support. You're subscribing. And if you can, share this with a friend. Maybe you know a gun fanatic, then ask them. Maybe they're like the, they're the least racist person you know. But if they support the cops and the military, then you know, what is it? I don't know. There's got to be some gray area in there, and I'm open to learning. But what I keep seeing, and maybe it's just because, you know, the, the really extreme ones are usually in the news. Maybe it's the case for some of them, not all. And I'm okay with that, too. Listen, I'm okay with being wrong. But we got to figure it out. And I hope, you know, more people start to have the idea that of uh, or, or the, the paradigm shift to a revolutionary mindset. Because don't get it wrong. This system is working exactly as it was intended and designed to work. It's an oppressive system. It is a system that you need to earn a you need to earn a living. It's, I hate that phrase. You need to earn your living. People that are pro life, but also believe you need to earn your living. Why our technology is so good? We're one of the wealthiest nations, but we have nine million nine point one million kids going to food, going to sleep at night hungry. Does that not haunt you, that we have the food? I mean, maybe you never worked at a grocery store or a food place and you'd never seen how much they throw away, but if you did, it would haunt you. You can't overlook that. And if you believe our country should be number one, you'd want them to be the healthiest, the smartest, the safest, at least the kids fed, right? I don't know. Just trying to bring awareness. Organize, strategize, mobilize. I believe we can do it with solidarity. We can make changes. So keep staying active. Thanks for listening. I'm Rob. Peace.